on the field, being an athlete, you know, you're stepping on the field and you're, you know, you're showing up, you're playing your sport. You've practiced a million hours, X, Y, and Z. You know, your role, you know, your role, you know, where you belong, you know, and that's where that security blanket comes from. But then you step off the field and life outside of that sport, you step off the field, the court, the track, whatever it is, life outside of that sport is unpredictable. And you don't know your role and where you exactly belong. And I feel like that's like a silent struggle that a lot of athletes face. And I know I did because on the field, I knew exactly who I was. I was like, I'm the, I'm the shirt that is on my back. This is who I am. This is the sport I play. But the moment I stepped off the field, I didn't know who I was or where I belonged. And that's where the chaos kind of happened. And like the emotional struggle was off the field. And that all turned off when I stepped on the field. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Athlete Whisperer. If it's your first time, welcome. And if you're coming back to join us because you have heard us before, welcome back. Uh, we are continuing our series on the emotional wellness of athletes, you know, really paying attention to the undercurrent and offering athletes, parents, coaches, some opportunity to maybe reflect on what it is they could do differently or maybe what they need to notice about uh, themselves. So Meg, welcome back. Hi guys, happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you got for us this week? What are you thinking? Where have you been? Um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about the, um, like structure that sports like provides athletes and how like that same structure and that control, like gives you almost like a security blanket, but mm -hmm. that security blanket comes off when you step off the field. So are you the same person when you're encapsulated in the comfort of the structure that's provided to you by the coach, by the sport itself, by the discipline that's required? Can you carry that off the field into the aspect of your lives that are, you know, general, more general aspects of your life? Yeah. And by like the more general aspects, I also think that those off the field experiences are the ones that are like ever changing and where you need. Are we talking about predictability versus unpredictability? Yeah. 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 So like on the field, being an athlete, you know, you're stepping on the field and you're, you know, you're showing up, you're playing your sport. You've practiced a million hours, X, Y, and Z. You know, your role, you know, your role, you know, where you belong, you know, and that's where that security blanket comes from. But then you step off the field and life outside of that sport, you step off the field, the court, the track, whatever it is, life outside of that sport is unpredictable. And you don't know your role and where you exactly belong. And I feel like that's like a silent struggle that a lot of athletes face. And I know I did because on the field, I knew exactly who I was. I was like, I'm the, I'm the shirt that is on my back. This is who I am. This is the sport I play. But the moment I stepped off the field, I didn't know who I was or where I belonged. And that's where the chaos kind of happened. And like the emotional struggle was off the field. And that all turned off when I stepped on the field. 
So you could leave it. You could you could check it at the gate. You could check it at the door. You could check it, you know, wherever it is you were passing through to become Megan the athlete. Absolutely. But I feel like athletes can't check the sport at the door sometimes either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a saying and it goes kind of like this. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Right? So on the field, if you are, if you are feeling secure in who you are on the field and insecure in who you are off the field, that's dysregulation or misalignment, right? Because you believe in yourself on the court, on the field, on the track, wherever it is, but you don't necessarily carry that same belief system into who you are as a human being. So you've now divided yourself. You are either the athlete who everybody looks at with great admiration or, you know, um, sees great strength and value in, but it's, hard, but it's hard for you to accept that when you are outside of your safe container. Mm-hmm. And imagine this, Meg, some athletes don't even feel safe inside their container because it's not predictable. Depending on your mentoring, depending on your belief system, depending on your coaching, right? Just because, you know, depending on who you are as an athlete and where you fall in the depth chart, Right. Sometimes that chaos is happening in both places of your life. And it really, you know, is important to to just recognize. The truth is, and I think that, you know, where I'd like to go with this is that athletics is something that you do. It's not who you are. Right. It's a supplement to the already fabulous you. But if you replace, if you place all of your value in being an athlete, then you are going to struggle in the other aspects, the relationships, the, you know, um, requirements outside of, you know, the daily living kind of stuff, because you have placed all of your internal value on being an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, like with placing such high value on being an athlete and having all the pressures that come with that, that is kind of what creates those unhealthy responses to like that dysregulation off the field. Like in the sense of like, self-punishment, self-harm, drugs, alcohol, like you see like, in the time when the athlete isn't playing, isn't going, like in the off season, during an injury, X, Y, and Z, like that's when like that lack of structure and that lack of safety leads to like unhealthy responses. Yeah, no, it perfect, you know, it makes perfect sense because if you're all tied up, you know, if your ego is all tied up, if your existence is all tied up in one aspect of your life, then the other aspects of your life will suffer. So we're talking about predictability versus unpredictability. We're talking about structure and routine. We're talking about balance. 
And we need all of those. Mm -hmm. We need all of those. We need to be able to trust that we're safe. We need to be able to ride the wave of unpredictability because life is unpredictable. I'm going to stop you for a second. How, how do you learn how to, like for, for our listeners, how do you learn how to ride that wave of unpredictability? How do you learn to be more resilient with that? Because you have to trust. First of all, you have to trust who you are as a person, right? You have to trust that there is so much more of you than what other people see. You're only showing them a glimpse or a part, right? You're showing them the part you trust. So I think in order to learn how to ride the wave of predictability, we have to use our, our own sense of, um, you know, our own history, right? We've come upon unpredictable situations before, and they've managed to turn out in our best interest. So everything that's always, you know, everything that's happened to us leading up until now has not all been in the name of safety and security, right? We've had to grow. And the unpredictability is what, you know, kind of, it's funny because we want balance, but unpredictability throws us off balance so that we can regain balance. So if we don't get derailed or thrown off balance or, you know, crashed on by the wave, you know, whatever it is, right, then we don't learn how to ride the wave. And then you don't change or grow. And then you don't change and grow. And the world around you is in constant motion and everything else is changing and growing. So we have to trust that those um, undercurrents, right? Undercurrents, feelings um, are really providing us the 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 push the impetus to move the opportunity because because without it we wouldn't move so we see them as as opportunities discomfort is an opportunity challenge is an opportunity um, failure is an opportunity frustration is an opportunity we see them as opportunities because they force us into sensation and we know that sensation is growth right they make us feel some sort of way you want to change your physical body, you have to tap your physical body out to a sensational point in order to change your physical body. You know that, right? I do. You got to push beyond that resistance and run that extra whatever it is. You have to push beyond that resistance and, you know, do that extra been talking a lot about ordinary to extraordinary the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is what are you doing that's extra because extraordinary is only extraordinary so so back to it right back to it <laughs> you know great question though great question so the the answer to the question is trusting that what is coming your way is something that will be helpful for you inviting the discomfort, inviting the, um, you know, the, the struggle, the challenge, because we don't grow without being uncomfortable. 
calm growing pains. That's true, but I'll challenge that. Where where is the difference between it being a growing pain and it being a good discomfort and it being a bad discomfort? And how do you tell the difference between that? Like when that feeling, when those undercurrents are suddenly turning into riptides. That, right. So there's a... There's an instinctual, an inner guidance system, right? An inner warning system where if you are still moving in the direction of something that feels aligned with you, right? I mean, let's say you want to play at another level. I don't care what level you're at now. You want to play at another level. And, you know, the, the heat is turning up. You're getting more uncomfortable because you're pushing more, right? You're, you know, you're creating more heat but you're still aligned with your goal. If you're starting to feel like, um, if you're starting to question your goal or you're starting to feel misaligned with that direction in which you're going in, then maybe it is time to step back and explore other directions because you're gonna hit a roadblock Right. You're going to hit a point where you're like, you know, here's my here's my proverbial fork in the road. Do I stay with this because I've lost joy? I've lost motivation. I've lost hope. Do I stay with this or is there something else out there that I'm not paying attention to? And I think that that ties back to what we said in a prior episode about listening like to the whispers on the inside instead of the screams on the outside. And I feel like everybody has had the opportunity and that that feeling, whether it be in sports or not, of you know knowing that deep down either this isn't for me or I don't want to do this, or on the other hand, being like, you know what, like I want to chase this dream, but not listening to that because of the screams on the outside, but also like the structure and safety that is in front of you. You know, right. because people don't listen to those whispers on the inside, that undercurrent, because it is uncomfortable. And because, right. you know, we live in a society where we just want to stay in our boxes in what is safe and what is comfortable. And we've also been taught not to disappoint, right? So we don't want to disappoint. So by listening to our own inner voice or our own inner knowing about, you know, who we really are and, you know, it's like, so my parents have, you know, set me up for, you know, AAU or travel, whatever, for all of these years, and they paid all of this money. And, you know, they see all of this potential. And, you know, so now I'm obligated. I feel like I have to, I feel like I'm supposed to. I meant, yeah, yeah. Are you meant to, or are you supposed to? So supposed to is obligated. Meant to is an inner driver desire. And I think we have to go back to the inner, right? It's always about the unseen. Sure, you can perform on the outside, but what is performing on the outside doing to your inside? That's the question. That's the question. So... So in the stillness or the quiet, what are you hearing yourself saying? 
You know, if you had free voice and we're not, you know, it's not about disappointing others. Like, you know, it's about taking care of ourselves. And if our goal, right, is to complete X and we make a commitment to complete X and we do everything that we need to, we have grown into the person that can complete X. But just because you completed X doesn't mean that now you have to step in and complete Y. You can say, okay, I've completed X. That's where my journey with this ends. It feels great. You know, I still love who I am and I love what it gave me. And I continue on and I do whatever comes next. But it's really an inner knowing because we all have an internal guidance system. And, you know, sometimes we squash it for fear of disappointing our parents or our coaches or others. You know, sometimes we have to exercise that inner knowing because we've gotten so uncomfortable because we're misaligned with our goals that we have to do something different. And that's the, that's the emotional wellness, right? Is speaking up. Sometimes the doing something different is simply talking out loud to someone. You know, it's really simply sitting down and having a heart to heart with your parents or your coach or whatever and saying, you know, this is what I'm feeling. And sometimes just letting it out changes the whole thing. You know, instead of keeping it buried inside of you and feeling heavy about it, sometimes when you let it out, your perspective changes. Authentic is the word. Yeah, and I think in a lot of cases, like, you already know. You know the you answer? Know? You know the answer. I, I I had someone say that to me once, actually, when I was trying to make, I was distraught over a decision. And they said to me that, Meg, you already know. You already know what you want to do. You already know the right decision. Because deep down, I knew it, but the pressures from the outside were pushing me a different way. You're welcome. It was, I, <laughs> it was, it was Sue Cooney, everybody. Um, and it's just the fact that I, for so long, didn't listen to that internal guidance. And maybe that came from a lack of trust in myself. Maybe it came from being, being an athlete for so long and being told, you know, what to wear to practice, how fast to run, how high to jump that, that structure I was always used to always, knowing what was next, what I was supposed to do, being told where I was supposed to be. And then I had the choice to make a decision for myself and it terrified me. Yeah. Somebody tell me what to do. And people will gladly step in and tell you what you should do, but they're not living your life. Right. So you have to decide what you're meant to do, not base it on what other people believe you should do. It's easy. That's a cop-out. You know what it is? Then you can get angry at them and blame them for forcing you. No, you had a choice to stay with it or to, you know, to, to do something that you're misaligned with. So, uh, you know, there's so many options and opportunities. It's funny. I think about stories like there was a, you know, my daughter had, had met somebody who played, um, who ran, ran track 
right? So he was a track runner in high school. He was a college track runner at a big name D1 track school. Never played a lick of football in his life. He leaves college after running track for four years, fast, mind you. And he tries out for an NFL team. And the next thing you know, he's playing in the NFL. Say what? I mean, there's millions of stories like that, right? Right. You know, there's other guys who are, you know, who are busting their butt and, you know, working their tails off and, you know, struggling through and, you know, and it's like, you have to trust that whatever is right for you that's next is going to show up because you're doing the work. You're riding that wave. I'm going to go back to that for a second, right? You are riding the wave of resilience, which is preparing you for whatever the opportunity is next. And you can't make that up because if you could, you know what I mean? Like I would have never imagined being a college basketball coach on the bench in a, you know, in my situation, like you can't make it up. So whatever is meant for you shows up. And, you know, there's a certain amount of following your inner guidance, your instincts, your knowing, and call it your gnawing or your nagging. Like, you know, I keep going back to this. This feels really important to me. So if I, this feels really important to me, why am I still doing this? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what it comes down to, just listening the whispers and waiting to see what's going to show up next opportunity opportunities are always arriving are your eyes open or are they closed you know when the opportunity shows up are you seeing it or are you blind to it because you're so focused on managing the misalignment or struggling through whatever it is that feels like it's heavy in front of you Yeah. Yeah. So spending a little time. So, so recapping, right. Spending a little time in quiet and silence gives you an opportunity to listen to what it is that you, that's really important to you. And you yeah. do already have the answer. You have to sit in the uncomfortable and, you know, not run from it to actually hear what it's saying. Yeah, sometimes it's easier to just move your way around it than it is to sit your way through it. Yep. So that's what we got. Love it. Thank you, Meg. Absolutely. See you next time. See you next time.